Welcome back to episode 51 of Built for Better. Today I'm joined by Taylor Hamming. I really, really enjoyed this chat. Uh, She's very open and honest, and I'm sure every listener will get a few takeaways. Uh, Before we get into it, let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending the pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to send to me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency. I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon. I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Like your mom's seeing your nudes. Like a place of- Taylor Hamming, what's up? Hey, um, just have a nice sunny Friday afternoon uh, day off. Um, yeah, not much really. Nice. What, uh, what's doing in the world of Forbes and lockdown? You're getting a few cases every now and then, aren't you? Oh, not many. Not many. I, To be honest, I don't really follow it. I just sort of stay in my own little bubble, um, go to work, come home, gym, do some stuff in the yard. So that's pretty much me. <laughs> yeah, and you've got a home gym set up, so you're sweet, eh? Yep, sweet. Wes, I'm so grateful we did that. This time last year, we really decked it out and, yeah, thank God. And have you and Timbo always been into training? Yep. He got me into training, actually. Um, Yeah, around, I would say, 2010. We've always been really active. Um, How old were you when you got together? Yeah, I was 15. That's the same as me and Melissa, (laughs) eh? We were super young too, yeah. Melissa was 13, actually. Really? Yeah. Crazy. You you grow up together. It's, It's quite surreal. It's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he got you into it. Sorry, I cut you off then. Um, yeah, he got me into it. Um, my dad had a few little weights and things in the shed. So each afternoon we'd sort of do a little bit. He'd go off to training, I'd go off to dancing. And that's sort of how it started. And then over the years we got into more of that Globo gym style training. Um, yeah, and here we are. And you just transitioned into CrossFit there for a bit. Yep, definitely. Um, So a little CrossFit gym opened up here in Forbes and we joined that and we have not looked back since. Yeah, and would you still say CrossFit's your style or you're a little bit in between or? Good question. Um, We love CrossFit, but we really value the importance of that, um, that accessory work, stability work, starting off with the machines to build that strength before you go into the more unstable movements. So it'll always be the core foundation of us. I feel like there's just something in the middle that's not quite there yet, you know, like there's the hit F45, like that style, and then there's CrossFit. But just in the middle, like I personally don't feel the need for probably 75% of my clients to overhead squat. Do you know, like they don't move well enough to do it? Yep. And if you're looking at function, if you want to be a functioning human, we don't need to overhead squat. No. We need to be able to squat, but we don't need to carry the thing above our head and squat with it. Yeah. Like it's no, something we should all be striving towards. I've got no doubt about that. But this, I just feel like CrossFit just jumps too quick into that kind of stuff. Yeah, it definitely can. Yeah. yeah. And you miss you you don't address all those little um like I was saying before, those instabilities, and that's when the shoulder goes or, you know, the ankle's tight, so then the you have an issue with the knee and, yeah, all the little niggles show up once you progress to that too quickly. In saying that, though, 
I think it all comes back to the coaching too. Like I've um, been and done a little bit of work with Lockie over at Red City and, you know, he's just a completely different human. Like, Totally, totally. Being able to be a direct coach and call it as it is, you know, try and put those egos away and, yeah, yeah. And as a kid, what sort of, you said you did dance. Were you a very active kid? Yeah, very active. Um, dancing was my main sport hobby. Um, and I mean like all styles every night, every weekend. It was it was crazy and I'm so grateful for it. Um, touch footy, basketball, netball. Yeah, pretty much everything. Um, but nothing that required like a piece of equipment. Yeah. And do you have brothers yeah. and sisters? Yep. Uh, brother and a sister, they're twins. They're two years younger than me. Yeah, right. So you're the oldest. Yep. And they yep. were obviously very sporty as well. Um, not so, uh, Yeah, my brother was. My sister, not so much. But um, like we grew up in an active family, rode motorbikes, you know, lived on a bit of land, had a paddock basher. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. What were you like at school? Um, pretty studious. I've sort of got that A-style personality. So, you know, I was school captain at both schools. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty studious. I was head down, bum up for a bit, especially in the later years. I wanted to get into physio. Um, yeah, but I, I sort of like, I like achieving things. So, yeah. And from when did you decide that you wanted to be a physio? Oh, good question. Um, so just as we were saying, growing up being really sporty, I wanted to do something in that area. I, just, I didn't know what. Um, and I got the marks to get in, enjoyed the course, and I'm so fortunate to have that, that knowledge behind me now. Um, yeah, so I guess I kind of always wanted to be a physio, but I didn't, I didn't know exactly where I would end up. But yeah yeah like where'd you go to uni at in orange yeah not too far away at all yeah and timbo mm. did an apprenticeship yeah yeah timbo's had a bit of a mixed um a mixed few years during that time so he sort of started at uni doing exercise science wasn't really for him come back did his electrical apprenticeship i'm actually not sure if he finished that but um, he went back for another student at uni. He just had one of those um, times where, which a lot of a lot of people go through, you just don't know what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, but he's ended up in a really great position at the moment doing his um, security stuff and, yeah. And with your physio, do you ever feel like you'll specialise in a certain area? Is there something that you're really passionate about? Like it's obviously hard being in a, like, smaller town to... Um, I guess, niche too much. Yep, you're exactly right. So that's one of the perks of being in a smaller town is that you get a taste of everything. You're a real generalist. Um, and that's why I like working at the hospital here because, you know, I'll be on the ward for a few hours and then I might see someone with a fracture and then someone comes in with acute back pain. Then you might somewhat see someone with um, like cardiovascular disease. So you're really just watch, switching a lot of hats, which keeps you on your toes. It's fun. Um, yeah, probably not. I won't specialise in one particular area. I'll never say never, but nothing has really struck me struck me hard enough to really want to 
dive deep into that one area. Yeah, and being into training yourself, are uh, like injuries something that interests you or they drive you mad because normally it's probably someone <laughs> doing something with poor technique or, you know? It really depends. Oh, it really depends. Um, yeah, I'll see, you know, a horrible technique, but I also don't want to uh, get involved, especially which the situation is rare out here because we don't have a CrossFit gym. If I was a, a participant in the gym, I probably wouldn't say something because it's not my time and place. Yeah. Plus, I also need to draw that line. Like, I need to just focus on me. Um, but then if they end up as my patient, I'll probably kick myself. <laughs> There's such a fine line, isn't there? Like, my mindset's changed a hell of a lot over training over the last even couple of years, you know? Like always love hitting a pb but i don't really like i don't strive for it anymore you know like if i feel like yeah that's heavy i've got a bit in the tank i'll save it for next time where before i would put you know like but yeah. i think that's just a little bit with age and what yes well. yeah yeah um, i used to be like you know age is just a number and i still feel like that but since i'm 26 now um i feel like my 25th birthday i started feeling things <laughs> Why do you hit 30 then? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, tell us a little bit about your burns incident. Was that seven years ago, seven and a half years ago? Yeah, so we'll be coming up to eight years this year, I think, from memory. That's how long ago. I did a bit of stalking. I worked worked it out. Oh, did you? (laughs) Good. So coming up to eight years, that's pretty cool. Um, Was it Boxing Day? Boxing day, boxing day. It's so surreal, so surreal. Um, I was out skiing with my family, which was quite a common thing that we did. Um, And I remember it being really hot, sat in the boat, and it's really weird. I felt like I knew it was going to happen. Like, I I don't know, I just had this really weird feeling that something bad was about to happen. And um, my uncle was next to me and he started the boat, but it didn't start as normal. And then before we knew it, all I heard was my cousin yell out fire and then the, the middle of the boat where the engine was sitting exploded. Wow. Pretty, yeah. how, old were you, how old were you at this point? Uh, just turned 19 at that, yeah. at that time. Yeah. And yeah. what was the, what percentage of your body were? Um. Percentage-wise, around, I think, 27 to 30%. was like um, full one leg, yeah? So it's, it's hard to work out. Sometimes, I think they um, measure it as, like, you know, so many percent per arm. But if you, if you saw a photo of me, I looked at least 50%. It was yeah, that's pretty- what I was... Yeah. yeah. So when they said, oh, you know, 27 to 30%, I was like, I just feel like you're lying to me. My whole front is gone. But if you look at the whole limb and the circumference of the limb, it was just the front of it. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, where were you skiing at on the lake in Forbes? Yeah, the ski dam. And what was the process from there? Um, so I jumped in the water. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Thank gosh it was there. Um, some nice cool water. And I had Everyone that was there ran to help. They were amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, 
ambulance was called. Uh, my mum, Tim, there was a few people that weren't there at the time were also called. And before we knew it, we're up in a helicopter flying to Royal North Shore in Sydney. Yeah, so straight into a chopper. Straight into a chopper. Yeah, my uncle was quite critical. He didn't um, have any external burns, but he had inhalation burns, which are life-threatening. So he was straight into a, a intubated, so in a coma. And, yeah, we were both off. Yeah, right. And how long were you actually in Sydney for? Um, three to four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it's pretty crazy. It went really, really fast. I was sick majority of the time, to be honest, really quite sick. Um, not sure if it was from medication. Like I was on a pretty high amount of pain meds. Um, I had a surgery for some skin grafts. Um, and then I, unfortunately, because they put you on antibiotics just to pre- prevent any infection that, as we know, kills all the good bugs as well as the bad. And then I developed a hospital acquired infection. So I, yeah, vomiting diarrhea and it was just what you want when you're trying to recover from burns. But yeah, yeah, I'm here now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's nothing more painful than a burn either. Well, time, time heals everything. It yeah. really, really does. I feel like I can't remember the pain. There's times where I'll sort of be, you know, hit with some heat. Like I go outside and it's really hot on my skin and I'm like, holy shit, that just brought back a lot of memories. Yeah. Um, like I said, today in this Western world, they can do anything with medication. So they had it under pretty good control. But um, my dressing changes, I remember them being excruciating and it was the happy gas. I swear to God, it doesn't actually work. It just makes you laugh instead of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've got these, um, they're called keloid scars on my chest. Oh, yeah. And it used to be monthly. I had to go get them injected and I used to get the happy gas for that. Yeah. But you can still feel it, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. That was, that was torture. That I was, think it just was controls the- your breathing. That's the only sort of benefit. Yeah, yep, yep, totally, totally. And what sort of effect did that have on you at 19 years old? Like what was the actual full recovery like? It was, um, oh, yeah, so long long um I lost I think 15 kilos 15 to 20 kilos while I was in hospital I come out really quite thin but it was just the energy it was my body was using to try and heal I couldn't like I said I was sick so I couldn't um I couldn't eat yeah so I was just fatigued I just remember being really really fatigued um and a lot of muscle loss so I was in compression garments um, on my arms and legs for 12 months, um, 23 hours a day for 12 months. So one hour out of them a day. And that was pretty much just to shower and do some scar massage. Um, and I was 110% compliant with that. So my appearance today is totally due to, uh, yeah, great compliance. You and honestly can't even tell like now. No, no. Like I said, I'm so, so lucky, but it, it took a lot of hard work to try and get to where it is. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so about 12 months in compression garments. I remember the day I come out, I thought of, it was quicker than what they um, first thought. They were thinking maybe 18 months. So when I got to my 12-month checkup, they were like, you're all good, your scars have matured. Like, you, you, you can just go as normal. No more scar massage, get out of the garments. And I was like, I remember crying. I remember my mum crying because we were, we were happy but we were in shock and just so, we were so full of emotions. And that night I got home, slept in just like pyjama shorts and the feeling of the sheets on your legs, I'll never, ever, ever, ever take for granted, ever. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like, I was like, what is that touching my legs? It feels like a cloud. <laughs> Yeah. And I imagine your mum and dad would have took that pretty hard, like would have been pretty helpless at the time. I Yeah, I feel for them. That would be the worst thing, seeing your kid in that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were amazing. They were very supportive. Yeah. And Tim as well, having your partner go through that. I, um, I relied on Tim a lot. Yeah, he's pretty incredible. Yeah, nice. And where were you at in your stage of um, uni at this point? Yeah, first, I just finished first year. So it was in the holidays of going in between that first and second year. And did you pull the pin for 12 months? Nope, straight back to uni. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. I just got back into like my normal everyday routine. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I should have taken that. I should have rode that out a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't change anything. <laughs> yeah, nice. And I wanted to just read out um, this Facebook post you had. I wanted to chat a little bit about nutrition with, with you. Mm-hmm. It was like in, you're on holidays at this point, were you? Yep, Byron Bay. Mm. How good's Byron? Oh, gosh, I'd kill to go back there. We were supposed to go to Byron for one of the guys' bucks parties, I mean his wedding party, but it was just as COVID kicked in this year. Mm. but I think I don't really want to go to Byron for a box. I just want to go there and eat good food and just relax. Yeah. It's that sort of place. So. It's so beautiful. Yep. Explore. Yep. Oh. So embracing the happiest, healthiest and free version of myself. There's never been a night out weekend away or holiday where I didn't feel restricted by food. This really breaks my heart. And I know so many people are battling with um, these same emotions. Over the past 12 months, I've been challenging my beliefs around food and work, working on reducing my food rules slash restrictions. I now live less restrictive lifestyle, honor my cravings, my body and emotion, have heaps more fun in the kitchen and feel like I've lost 100 kgs of weight in rules, worries on the brain. I did not think I would ever get this food freedom, but I have and it's awesome. Wish I could have got to this place sooner but we know life is a lesson and without experiences, we wouldn't be who we are today. And you've gone on to thank Kate, your coach at the time. I did a yep. podcast with Kate, actually. You would have listened to it. But if anyone has her, make sure you go listen to it. She's so good. Yep. She's absolutely amazing. How did you get it? Before we get into that, how did you get on to Kate? Okay. Good question. Um. Kate was working for a company at the time and I signed up to the company just for just to learn a little bit more about nutrition and I've been with her ever since. So I've been with Kate for about two years now. Best thing ever. Do you still work with her? Yep. 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 Yeah. So mm-hmm. after my um after my accident, I 
So it was about 12 months before it really started showing up. I started to develop an eating disorder. Yeah. And it's really quite common for people who have been through a traumatic event to go to experience an eating disorder. They sort of trigger it. Um, and I just sort of lost my train of thought, sorry. <laughs> um, I started really getting back into the gym started to get wanting to get really, really healthy. So getting into a bit of nutrition, this is way before Kate. Um, and Isn't that amazing? I, I'll just like jump in there, like how much there is to know when you first start. Like I remember when I first started getting into like living a bit healthier life and what I was doing back then, like I shake my head at now after what I've learned. Totally, totally. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to be really, really healthy, but I took it to an obsessive level. It was, yeah, you know, um, I started intermittent fasting. I trained heaps, 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 um, restricted my food a little bit, but it wasn't so much restriction at the start. It was just really, really healthy, but the wrong sort of healthy. I was eating salads without carbs and not really realizing that I wasn't eating much protein. I was just like, let's get a heap of fruit and veg in, which are really not that calorie dense. So I started losing weight quite quickly. And I was never, I've always been like a solid muscular build, but I was, I was never a larger person, but I was getting compliments. I started feeling really, really lean. Um, and I felt really in control of my life. And I think that's where that then goes back to my trauma experience because I was going through a lot of emotions at the time. Um, like I was saying, like a, a bit of PTSD, a someone would turn a stove on and it would freak me out. I couldn't fill up my, my car. There was a few things in my life I couldn't do, but I could exercise and I could control what I put in my mouth. So I did that 110%. Um, and then that just kept continuing. So lots of exercise, not much food, continue, 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 lost a heap of weight. I got down to about 56 kilos at my lightest. And like, that's insane for me. I'm like, I was saying, I'm quite a thick person. Um, so I think I sit around 75 or something now, which is my happy place. So, you know, 20 kilos less, that that's extreme. Yeah. Um, and I was so, at the time I couldn't recognise it, but I was so restricted. I, I wouldn't go out to dinner because I was worried about what oil they cooked my, my fish in or, um, you know, I was worried that there wasn't going to be the option for vegetables and it just really impacted my life. I lost my menstrual cycle for about three years. Um, you know, you've got no sex drive. It really impacted my relationship with everyone, not just with Tim, um, agitated, angry, but yet I still, still felt like I was the happiest, best version of myself. It, yeah, it's just really, it plays on your mind. It's the craziest thing. Yeah, yeah, I get it for sure. And what was the steps to getting back to like where you are now? Like obviously there was yeah. a lot of small steps Totally. Oh, yeah. I sort of was forced into a situation. So I finished uni. So that freedom was taken away from me a little bit, that 
freedom to train, eat during the day whenever you want. Started a full-time job. So I was like, holy shit, my life is over. Welcome like, to the world. <laughs> yeah, life is bloody over. When am I going to fit all this shit in? Can't um, train all day. Yeah. And um, I had a really not so um, great experience when I first started working. I didn't have a very supportive boss. So I would come home emotionally drained and I would eat. So then I fell into this binge eating cycle and it was a combination of not having control of my emotions, but I also feel like my body was starving and it finally got a bit of food and was like, great, keep it coming. Um, And I put on weight really, really quickly, really quickly, Um, which then had a huge impact on my mental health. I sort of went from, yeah, being into control to someone else controlling me now because I'm working full time and then I come home and eat and, yeah, put on weight, fell into a bit of depression um, and I stayed there for a few months actually. Yeah, couldn't, didn't train. Yeah, it was a pretty tough time. And Tim, again, he's the reoccurring theme in this, the bloody legend, he would just force me, he'd drag me out of the house and be like, we're going for a walk. That's it. And every day we just get back into this walking. And before I knew it, I was back into the gym and on top of things again. But I worked with my psychologist during that time and she really helped me identify the rules that I had in my head. So, you know, I had intermittent fast and she'd, she was like, why are you intermittent fasting? And I, I really couldn't give her a good answer as to why as apart from, well, I want to lose weight. Yeah. Um, I did intermittent fasting for a a while and it took me a long time to sort of recognize that I was like, I'd eat my first meal at midday or whatever, and then Mm -hmm. another meal, but I was snacking all afternoon and I couldn't control it. It wasn't until I started eating brekkie that then I wasn't eating all that food of an afternoon. Yep, totally. I I know it suits some people, but it's certainly not for everyone. Yep. And And you don't have to, you know, like I'm having breakfast. I, breakfast is the best meal of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you you form these rules. And because I was seeing the changes I saw with the weight loss when I was intermittent fasting, that my brain then thought, well, I have to intermittent fast to lose weight. So I'd fall back into those behaviors. Um, but yeah, it was psychology was awesome because I had my education behind me of what's happening at like a physiological level. I could really knuckle down and understand why why things were happening. And same with the PTSD. I why what was happening in my body that was making my heart rate increase and making my breathing rate increase and what was the reason behind the anxiety? And knowing that for me, when I got to a petrol station, for example, I could control it. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And I guess. I'm guessing it's somewhere around this time that you've got in contact with Kate. Yeah, oh, probably still a few years away at this at this time. Um, but I just you, got back you would have train. been in the motion of the intermittent fasting type thing and believing that. Yep. What that was? What did she like? What are some steps and progressions that she's you know implemented with you to build this better relationship with food over the last two years? Take it as yeah. slow as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she would just let me be the the um, decision maker, and she was my guide. 
So, um, yeah, I've still intermittent fasted for a few months while I was with her. And she was like, hey, let's just give it a go for a week. Just try eating breakfast for a week. See how it feels. And it was honestly life-changing. I just have so much trust in her. that. So if she told me to bloody go and skydive, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we built just a lot of trust. I just love it, my relationship with her. And, yeah, she said, just give it a go. It's not forever. Just it's a trial. And that was it. That's all I had to do was try it. Haven't looked back. And you mentioned earlier, like adding carbs with salad and things. Obviously, has this come from Kate or...? um yes a combination of Kate and then me just going through my experiencing experience learning more um yeah yeah a combination of both learning how to fuel my body that's where it's come from yeah and how were you reporting back to Kate in the early stages like a food diary or just a general chit chat so just a weekly check-in um yeah which is what we still do we we don't do it on a weekly basis anymore because I feel I've got the skills it's more of an accountability thing now um but I would count my macros and she doesn't care what you eat and yeah it was you know hit your protein whatever with your uh, carbs and fats make sure you hit your calories as simple as that sounds simple but it's really hard to put it in practice um and like eating healthy food is not a barrier to me it's I've done that for a long time. So, you know, if I have the choice between like a nice big protein tuna salad and a cupcake, I will always go to the salad because it's it's a habit that's now ingrained in me. Yeah. Um, but I like we've said, I also honor my cravings if I feel like a cupcake or whatever. So no, didn't really need food diary. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, like, obviously protein's a big part of it. That would have been a big change for you. Oh, my God. I just wish I did it years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, protein was the biggest thing. Yep. And, like, my physique, not that I care about my physique anymore. It's all about how I feel and how I function. But my physique, once I started hitting my protein, just changed overnight. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. What would you say... Um, like tracking food has done for you education awareness yeah yeah i don't think i won't need to do it forever i've got the skills behind me now um yeah it's the education awareness and you see it just like what you post you know i used to eat love a smoothie bowl but i didn't realize that was like 1500 calories in that one sitting yeah, that, it's that's crazy, funny. isn't it? Like the amount of people that think that they're like, I've had clients, like numerous clients, like I don't eat that bad and they kind of spit out what they have and they're all nice whole foods, like nothing wrong with them. Yep. But, you know, like avocado, nuts, this, this and this and a fattier cut of meat. Like, yeah, but could you just track it for me and just see how many calories? And then they come back, you know, two days later, like, oh my God, I'm eating like 500 more calories than, you know, I'm supposed to. And I was like, yeah, it's not a bad thing. We just need to trim some portions down and you just need to get a little bit of education. Now that you've been doing this for a couple of years, how often would you track out of Um, a portion of a year? Oh, I've been tracking fairly consistency for the last year and a half. So I I go on little breaks, like if I go away on holidays or if, um, yeah, if I feel like I'm just stuck in a rut a little bit, we'll take a diet break for sure. But I genuinely love tracking. 
and my calories are pretty high so I don't feel restricted yeah it's more how many calories do you aim for um at the moment we're aiming for about 2,300 a day but I'm in a little deficit at the moment so anywhere between that 2,300 to 2,500 yeah, and that's what you say, you're in a deficit. That's like a lot of females that I work with say they're very surprised at how much they can eat and it's not 2,300, I can assure you. Yeah. They're so used to eating 1,200 calories, you know, like or less. Yeah, yeah. It's it's heartbreaking, to be honest, the way yeah. that the diet culture has forced us to think. Um, yeah, it's really, really sad. But I, I, I hope and like thanks to people like you, will get people to where I am now. It's a journey. It's a process. Um, it is, but it's a really, really good one. Um, it's tough at the time. And, again, there's no end point. I'm talking like there's an end point. I still have days where I struggle, of course. Um, but I say to my clients and my patients all the time, nothing worth having comes easy. Yeah. And, yeah, it's the same in this situation. Yeah. And do you think um, like the recovery from your burns has give you that mindset a little bit? Like 110%. Yeah. Yep. I um, It's the worst but the best thing that has ever happened to me. And it took me a few years to realise that. But, yeah, I just know who I am now. It, it taught me so many things about myself. And, yeah, I'm just – I just am really strong. I know I am. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I know you are too because I've seen you deadlift 150 before. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, no. Not yeah. the strong you meant. Too funny. Yeah. Yeah. What's about your uh, routines? Do you have any routines? Do you do morning routines or anything like that? Um. Yeah, I'm like I said, I've got that type A type personality, uh, like an obsessive personality. So that's where that sort of eating disorder come from. And I've actually got to work on getting out of that sometimes. But to be honest, it's not an issue for me at the moment. So yeah, routines, my nighttime routine is the most important to me, to be honest. Um, what does that look like? Yeah, so dinner, and then we just chill out for a little bit, um, meditate for at least 10 minutes. And then straight after meditation, I have a gratitude journal. How do you meditate? Do you do like guided or? Yeah, hundred percent guided. Oh my gosh. I couldn't do it, but without anything, my brain would be elsewhere. Um, yeah. Guided. And do you yep. do it together? No, Tim sits on the lounge, <laughs> listens to me breathing, but um. We do our, you know, what were three amazing things happen to happen today and what are we grateful for? We do that together every night. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, his is normally oh, gym, tigger, food. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? That's a good start. <laughs> um, and after that, it's normally, um, oh, uh, like a sleep tea, a calming tea. Um, magnesium, a little bit of stretching, but phones off at nine. Um, yeah, and just wind down. And what time do you try and get into bed by? 9 30, 10 o'clock. Yeah, and yeah. you get up at the same time every day. Yeah, yep. I have a little, um, I really try and hack my sleep. I love it. So much fun. I have a sunrise alarm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it slowly comes up for about half an hour. So it's not a rude awakening. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And mouth taping. If yeah. Have you been doing that? Oh my gosh. I will never, ever stop. Never, ever. You have the most restful sleep. It took me a while to get into it for a few reasons. One, I felt like I was suffocating. Two, Tim couldn't take me seriously. He'd be like, he'd talk to me and I'm like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I'm done. I can't talk. Um, but, oh, yeah, no, it's revolutionised my sleep. And what sort of tape do you use? Is it a special sort of tape? It's microspore. Um, you can get it from the pharmacy. It's like a paper tape. Because I've tried a few times, but I end up ripping the tape off through the yeah. night. Like I wake up with it not on. Yes, same. So I've tried a few different variations. You can, like, wear two strips, like from the top lip to the bottom, and I found I took that off but now i just do this big long strip on i on a diagonal nice i have to give it a go yeah um tate was telling me he's been doing this over the lockdown he's like even like jacked the legs of his bed up so he's on an angle and he's right into his sleep he's like um obviously like young no kids and stuff he gets like between eight and ten hours every night it makes me so jealous i bet it does i bet it does (laughs) yeah my dog will bark once and I'm, I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, so I don't re- hear him. But if I have to get up once, oh, my God, I'm deaf the next day. So I don't know how people with kids do it. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was so good. Let's just jump into these five questions to wrap mm-hmm. it up. Tell us something about you that not many would know. You've spat a few out, mouth taping. Yeah, I have actually. <laughs> and I'm pretty open with people. So this is a hard one. Some people might know this, but I have an obsession with bowls and cups and really nice cutlery. <laughs> you love good quality, yeah. Yeah, I just love eating off nice things. Yeah, nice. I yeah. love that. <laughs> Is there a, a best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, yes, yep. Um, insecure people hurt people. So, you know, if you have a comment thrown at you, that sort of gets you down it's you know it's not a personal attack at you it's actually a reflection of that other person and then the other one is drinking poison is like uh anger is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die so <laughs> <laughs> you know that you get that feeling in your tummy and you're just so angry but that situation or that person whoever you're thinking about probably isn't even thinking about it i like that but you're killing yourself <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Is there anything that's happened to you that you thought would be the worst thing in your life but's turned out to be a blessing? My life, to be honest. Um, like this situation, the burns and then the eating disorder. Um, yeah, I who I'm who I am today because of that. Yeah, I always feel like you're on the path you're supposed to be on. You've somewhat got to trust the universe. And when opportunities are in front of you, you know, take them with both hands and trust your intuition a bit. Yep. Totally, definitely. And if, yeah, if bad things happen, it's for a reason. Yeah. You'll come out. at the time, but. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Where do you want to be in five years? Um, uh, Just fulfilling my lifelong dreams. So just, yeah, I'm working on something at the moment. So watch this space. But I was working with people who want to better themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favourite quote? Yep. 
my men would always say this, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. And she's, yeah, she has said that my whole life, but it would be in the context of, oh, mum wants me to do the vacuuming. I don't want to do the vacuuming. And she would say, well, don't put it off till tomorrow if you can do it today. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, then I was in this boating accident and I was like, holy shit, if I want to do something in my life, I need to do it when I have that opportunity. I I will never put it off now. Yeah. Yeah. No, nice. I like that. Well, thank you so much for giving up your precious Friday off to <laughs> talk to me. No, my pleasure. Really it's been appreciate good. it. No, it's been really good. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I like sharing my story because I hope that, like I said, there's a lot of people out there, males and females, eating disorders themselves are the number one mental health issue in the world. So if my story can encourage or you know, support someone else going through something else, uh, going through a similar situation, great. My job's done. Yeah, I love that. What's your, what's your number one treat? Oh, shit. Oh, number one. Depends. I go through phases. I would say like a raspberry white chocolate chip cupcake, like a muffin, a good muffin or something at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like so many people say to Melissa is like, um, how, how is it living with Logan? Like he's super strict with his nutrition. And she's like, no, he's not super strict with his nutrition. Like he watches what he eats, but he's still, I think it's, um, I probably don't show enough of it on socials, like the bad stuff. Yep. Um, but it's not about being perfect. It's just about being better than you were. Yeah, you definitely. know, life's too short to restrict yourself fully. That's for sure. Um, totally. It's here to be enjoyed, but um, man, like if I eat two thousand calories, that's a bad day. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yep, no, totally. Yeah, it's yeah. You'll wake up again tomorrow. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. If all else fails, know the sun will rise again tomorrow, yeah. and you can go again. You know, like. Yeah. Do drink 20 beers, wake up and get it again tomorrow. Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah, no, but like you said before, it's really hard at the time. Yeah. But yeah, and you're not alone, everyone. And I'm sure, you know, all of the amazing athletes out there go through similar things. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All good. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing what's ahead. Yeah, thanks. I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. Wasted energy spinning a pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but times a currency, I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon, I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, pop it on your Instagram story, and tag both Taylor and myself in it. Uh, If you haven't done so already, make sure you jump over and leave a review. Uh, Till next week. Later.